Boxing Now podcast. I am your host, that dude named Dave, and sitting to my left, but my right hand man, Jorge. What is going on? Glad to be here, man. Glad hey, to be here. Good to see you too, man. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about maybe a little Ryan Garcia, a little Manny Pacquiao, bad business moves, possibly. What's what? Who's Bud Crawford going to fight? Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, they're going to be fighting, man. All this stuff in boxing, but first. You know what I got to do? Click on like, subscribe, click on the bell notification on YouTube here. Shout out to all the new subscribers on YouTube, man. We gained like about 50 subscribers in like in the last like two and a half weeks. So we want you guys to keep checking out the new shows and let us know what you think, man. Let us know about the show and give us your feedback. Also, too, we're on all audio podcasts, you know, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, whatever. You know where to find us, Boxing Now Podcast. And also, shout out to our affiliate, Spangler Sports World on the Zingo TV app. Channels 249, 250. Shout out to our man Eduardo. Doing big things, man. So we got to talk. Got to get you on the horn, man. But shout, you can check us out there with Spanger Sports World. So got those pleasantries out the way, Jorge. So we were talking for about two hours, seems like, before. We should have been hitting record and have some good outtakes here. But it's a lot of stuff going on in the world of boxing since you was over here last week. And let's kick it off with the main bit of news that really 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 got to me here and we did an episode we thought that manny pacquiao against bud crawford was going to happen on june 5th uh bob aram basically had espn contact the pay-per-view providers saying that they're gonna make an announcement the week later a week went by two weeks went by we did an episode thinking that by well looking like bob aram was squeezing out tfema lopez for his current fight on june 5th and now we're basically seeing that the fight is basically off. I mean, it could still happen, but it ain't happened on June 5th. Uh, not on June 5th. There's money there, but there isn't a fight right now. So, no. and it's disappointing because uh, I, you know, we got really excited for that fight. I yes, mean, we did. Prior episodes kind of uh, elaborate on that, on that excitement and stuff. So uh, I'm a bit disappointed, but uh as with all things with boxing, especially in the last uh, several years, and it seems like forever in some cases, uh, business business gets in the way of, um, and sometimes bad decision making, bad negotiating, uh, not negotiating good faith, negotiating bad faith, and, <laughs> and, uh, and basically depriving bad the thing. fans of a really good fight that uh, I think we were really excited for, and that kind of boxing really needed right now was a was to get Pac Man in a fight there with uh, with Bud Crawford there. So yeah. um, I, I'm still hoping it happens. Um, in and after it happens, uh, we'll probably get back and provide that same level of excitement. But until then, basically, so there's a couple of things I want to bring up here. So um, we know that Bud Crawford and Manny have been talking for five or six years since Manny was with, was on top rank. And when Bud was at 140 pounds, even before he became undisputed, there's always talks because they were on the same roster. You know, so this has been like an ongoing bad soap opera of will they or will they not fight, man? It feels like Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao on a lower level with this case here. Mm -hmm. But we got to a point where that Manny wanted 20 million, at least. That's number that we know Manny gets in previous fights. He's made a gang of money in his uh, in his boxing career. And it, in the past, that money wasn't there. So finally, recently, Bob Aaron said, OK, I got to give uh, Crawford a fight. And the money appears to be there being with ESPN, using the pay-per-view platform, using ESPN Plus. You know, there are so many avenues that they 
they've allowed to get there. And then, of course, you know, there's all this money they're talking about from overseas. You know, uh, Anthony Joshua, I guess, was it Ruiz uh, year, uh, a year and a half ago, give or take, when the rematch happened in Dubai. So we're maybe thinking, oh, we finally Dubai. Dubai is coming through with their rich oil money. And that actually did happen. We are being held. There was reports, Jorge, that there was a $50 million site fee. That is crazy. That have you know that that got put out, but when fifty million came out, oh man, he switched up on him. He said, "Nah, twenty million. We got fifty million side fee. No, uh, eighty twenty split." <laughs> he he's he really moved the goalpost on Terrence Crawford. Eighty twenty split, which means that he wanted forty million of this cut. Got the contract signed out, sent it over to ESPN and Bob Arum side. And reason why I got mad sided, we didn't hear nothing. Because Bud Crawford did not sign that contract. He said the hell of 80-20. I didn't take 60-40 for Errol Spence. Why would I take 80-20 when I know that an Errol Spence fight technically is going to be a bigger fight, even though they're paying all this much money in the Middle East? So I feel bad for Bud in a sense because you try to go on this with good faith. You know, as boxing, it's the wild, mm -hmm. wild west, Jorge. You know, everybody's trying to, like I said, I'm going to keep repeating this. Boxing is a going out of business sale. So everybody's trying to get as much money as possible. Matter of fact, I know I was kind of indignant earlier, and then I'm going to agree to an earlier point, what you said, where if you're Manny Pacquiao, you're going to try to get as much money as possible. He's on the I, way out so the door. I, I had to take back one of my things I said earlier in the corner there, yeah. because I have to admit, I've said it many, many times before. It's a going out of it. Hey, we're going out of business. We got to get as much money as possible. Hey, here we go. Yeah. Oh, 50 million. Oh, I'm taking 40. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so. I don't blame Manny for trying to get as much money as possible, but I do blame him because that's a dickhead move. That that I mean, I shouldn't say it like that, but when you know you've been negotiating on good faith, and then when a deluge of money comes in, and then you say, "Oh, forget this, man, eighty twenty. You know, so it's like, yo, you just you you really you really putting the other guy in the corner to say no to you because you're th he's thinking something else, right? Yeah, no, and and. and and I agree. And again, I didn't back <laughs> back about, you know, we had our, a nice pre-meeting that kind of went on for a bit there. But in, mm -hmm. in our discussion and stuff, I, I, I didn't I can see both points of view. I don't agree with both points of view. I kind of it sucks because, again, I want I care about this more as the fan. The fan, the fan wants to see the fight. This fan wants to see the fight. Mm -hmm. But and this is where I get annoyed with the business aspect of all the things here. But back to your, you know, the point that we've been making, I and mean, we've said it in several episodes and stuff. You know, if it's to get, you know, get the best, most money you can on your way out the door. In this case, for Pac-Man, I think it's, I think that's what the case is, right? So he's looking at this as saying, okay, well, there's money there now that wasn't there before. Is is eighty twenty too much? Of course, it's too much. But this is where, if I was Bud Crawford, and I and I get the business aspect of it. I, I probably would have taken it just for one reason only. So that way it wasn't being made to fight with Errol Spence instead, instead of you. You needed this probably more so than Errol Spence does, right? You do, you need this for the negotiating aspect of having against a fight with him. I, you were still the favorite in that fight against Pacquiao. I still think it would have been a tough fight, but I, and I wouldn't have been surprised if Pacquiao, Pacquiao would have won the fight. But that's it still. You still needed the fight. Was 10 million, uh, you know, a lot less than what you expect? Of course it is. And, and I don't blame him for not taking it, but I still think he should have taken it just so that way it's one of those things where he's not negotiating with Spence after the fact. That's I, that's just kind of how I looked at it. I look at it as I wouldn't took it. I mean, it's a lot of money. Ten, I'd say a $50 million site fee, and you're trying to do 80-20, so 40 and 10. So technically, you're saying from the guarantee, this would be Chance Crawford's biggest guaranteed purse, right? But he's getting anywhere from 3 to $5 million on these fights on ESPN lately. So... 
you're telling me that I'm only going to get double guaranteed to fight Manny on pay-per-view and on the 80-20 split, I couldn't do it just on principles because he laid his principles on, you know, put it on firmware on, on Front Street that I don't want to do 60-40 for Errol Spence. 50-50, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that was at 60-40 where Errol Spence was holding firm. So if he's saying to my, if he's saying Errol Spence is a bigger fight, it's just at the Middle East is paying more money for the site fee. But everything else involved, Spence and Bud is going to be more money. So why would I do an 80-20 on a lower, possibly lower money fight, and I can do, and I, I can, at least on the back end, I can do 60-40 over here. So he's standing on his principles, and he's saying, no, you're not going to lowball me. You're not going to move the goalposts, because you know what's going to happen, Jorge? If he agrees to this now, man, he's going to do some other stuff later. You know, of course, being the A side, you're you're gonna do some things. You're gonna pull little shenanigans here and there to make your way. Floyd was known to doing little things like that because say either my way or don't do the fight all. Like the gloves gotta be this way, the ring size gotta be. There's gonna be little things that A side's gonna do, right? But if you come out of, at the last minute of an eighty twenty split, if I'm Crawford's manager, I do not trust Manny Pacquiao's manager and his team because you do this now. There's other things going to come down the line that is going to come and it's going to factor into a big fight like this, especially in the Middle East. It's not going to happen in the States. So you don't know what could happen in the Middle East when you know you're not on American soil anyway. You no. know what I'm saying? So I I agree with him standing on his principle saying, no, we ain't doing 80-20. Come back at me when we, we came back with the original percentage split. Don't change it because more money came in. So this so this is where me and you kind of agree, right? We see Terrence Crawford as A-side material fighter. He's just mm -hmm. not A-side material. He needs when, to win to beat he, the A-side to, to get exactly. the Exactly. So, so and that's why I was saying he needed this. I still feel like he needed to send the fight. You, you no matter what, you are b-side whether it's against spence or or uh Pacquiao. and that's and that's unfortunate because i i view you as an a-side fighter but i i but the numbers say differently a-side and, and talent and skill but b-side and popularity and then the money exactly draw. so so to so me, if we took away all the little stuff the advertising commercials if we just said record to record fighter to fighter whatever it is it's 50 50 of him and Spence. And, and right, technically, you can say right now because of Pacquiao's age, like he brings him. I would say if you want to be like on a true, true, like, okay, we're negotiating good faith. Like, we want this fight to happen. At this point in Matt Pacquiao's game right now, I mean, 55 45 or 60 40 at most. I, I would have said. And true, like I said, if you want to do things the right way, then nothing's right in business. Uh, actually, actually. actually. <laughs> <laughs> if you took away all that stuff aside, yeah, I, I actually would have been Crawford like 60 40 Crawford because I, I'll say that's the reason for that. From a pure boxing standpoint, well, yeah, from, oh, yeah, from, yeah, from yeah. we'll go there. If yeah. we're talking age, what's left, and what you're going to get left out of your career, Crawford has every right to dictate 60 40 if you take away all that other stuff outside of it. But because Pacquiao's built basically, mm -hmm. you know, because you know, if you think back the last 10 years, 15 years, the only three names that we were worried about at the time, this is part of Canelo, was Floyd, Pacquiao, Cotto. Mm -hmm. and, and Canelo's basically superseded all that. So, you know, he's basically the remnants of what that era basically provided in terms of big-name talent. Pacquiao's yep. still there, so he's trying to get that last that last big check. That last cash. And I, it's worth something. He put in the work. He has all. Exactly. He has the Philippines behind him. So from that standpoint, I'm not mad at him from a business standpoint. Yeah. You know, you, you know what your name brings. You bring value. You bring hope. Like there's a whole nation of people that look at him as a savior. Exactly. And that is worth money when people buy the pay-per-view. And you're, and you're right about that. It's just the fact that we live in 2021 and boxing has certain economics where that it's not just a sport. It's business first, then the sport second.
in boxing. Because mm -hmm. like we said, like with this particular fight here, there is no fight until both guys are in the ring. Yep. That's the business aspect, and we're seeing that right now. We thought June 5th. Now we're seeing nothing, and we're seeing this trickle effect right now because now Manny took that deal reportedly and tried to go to Errol Spence now because what happened was uh, Bud was like, 80-20, get the hell out of my face. I mean, it, it got really dark, radio silent. That's why we didn't hear no news on it. Bud was like, no, come at me with a different uh, split, and we're good. So Manny took that deal to Errol Spence. No, Spence said, I'm good, man. Nah, the fight with you will still be here later. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead, like we mentioned in other podcasts, I'm going to go get the WBA belt. I, it's strap season. I'm getting my third belt because mm -hmm. Crawford got that fourth belt. And I'll hold you Manny later, but nah, I don't want to play these games with you back and forth, you know? So now Manny is back to an episode we mentioned about a month ago. Mikey Garcia, Jorge. I don't want to go there. I know, I know I, we I have know, to go there. No, no, we don't have to go there now. I just have to say the name. Mikey Garcia. I, I, I think let's just leave it at the name itself. Whether, <laughs> whether that fight happens overseas for the same site fee and stuff, I highly doubt it. But we'll just mention the name Mikey Garcia. And, and, and here's the thing. If Mikey Garcia ever checks out our show, and, and maybe you are, you know, maybe you 184 subscribers, who knows? But, uh, <laughs> Hey, hey, no disrespect on Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia is a tremendous, great fighter. If we were, like we just mentioned a few minutes ago, if we were just talking pure boxing, mm. we're not talking about the populace and the fanfare and people who drive tickets. If we want to go by skill level and what they do, and man, Mikey Garcia is a beast. Very good fighter. Very good fighter. Four division champion. You don't, you, you're no one, there's, there's not too many four division champions. Now there's a lot of belts out there, but we don't see too many four division champions. Mm -hmm. But once again, you're Mikey Garcia. My fault. My fault. Mikey Garcia at one forty seven. Yeah. Okay. That, Thank that, you, Jorge. Mikey Garcia Thank at one forty seven. Thank you, Mikey Garcia. One forty. I mean, put love some them. Let me put some respect on that. One thirty five, Marky. Um, Mikey. One thirty five, Mikey Garcia yeah. was awesome yes yes so i, I want to make sure that if you're listening to this i'm i want to put some respect on his name but then there comes a time with these fighters when they go up to divisions they can only go up so high because mm -hmm. there's a size limit and we saw him get his ass handed to him by errol spence and it left a bad taste in my mouth i still love him as a fighter he's a good fighter but you know sometimes you know you go from out ever she can't get to the top but hey I, I i respect the dare to be great but once again manny pacquiao and mikey garcia does not Sell it for me, Jorge. Nope, no, 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 it doesn't. And, 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 and one last thing I wanted to kind of like say about Crawford mm -hmm. and why I think you should take in that fight. Look, it, it, every once in a while, it's hard. You always, it's hard. It's hard to be the B side and accept the fact that you're the B side and stuff. Every once in a while, you got to pop that cherry and basically show the fans why you belong on the A side and stuff. So, for ten million and future revenues down the road and stuff for your next fights and stuff, especially in the future negotiations, I would have just done it just off of that. Period. Just, just to say, you know what? If beat him, you have a name. He's an A name. You have something to take you in the negotiating table against Errol Spence. Because I'm telling you, if it, if it ends up being one of those things where Spence ends up getting Pac-Man before you do, that 70-30 that was joked about by Spence might be a reality. True that. I you know I can see your point of view. I'll make this last point on there. I'm the reason why I'm saying no is because of the fact they've been trying to fight for six years. And if you're Terrence Crawford, you're basically saying fuck you. You know, I understand what you're saying. Like, I take this 10 million, but if someone has jerked you around for years, saying that you might gonna do something and you don't do it, 
You know, you, you, you we all got we all got friends that say they do stuff and then they don't do it. It's like yeah, 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 and they never do it. And you know, that's your boy or that's your girl. You rock with them, you know, because you do you have fun all the time. But you always say stuff and nothing ever pops up. I got a friend I've known for years who does stuff like that. He's like, ah, that doesn't, and he never does it, right? That's Manny Pacquiao to Bud Crawford. Mm -hmm. He's basically, yo, we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight. And then as soon as you get close, he's it's like Charlie uh, Charlie Brown, you know, when you pull the football out, he's like, woo, you know, like that. No. And then like this last time when the money was finally there because. Like I said, he's been consistent on the 20 million, and then you agreed to the 20 million. Then all of a sudden he changes it. I as a man, that is that is foul. I know it's business and all is fair in love and war and business. But for six years, fuck you. It, the thing is, is that he's been getting strung along, not just by Packett, but by Spence as well. So he's been think about it this way: Bud Crawford is Charlie Brown right now, and those guys mm -hmm. are Lucy. That is not a place where you want to be. At, at least Manny was under top rank. They were under the same promotional banner. So at least for us, that money split, that was not an issue for years, right? So that's why if I'm Bud Crawford, I say F you. You know, I, 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 and see, at least with Spence, that's PDC. That's across the street. So you know you got to do a little bit working with those financial splits. Sure. But when you're under the same umbrella, the same roof, man, that's a big F you. Don't don't that, now I, I, now now let me let me say this last thing. I said like let me say it now. Like I said about Devin Haney and uh, Ryan Garcia, if it was like five months, like talking like a short period of time, like those two young guys are, that'd be different. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. So you know, man, that kind of money, go for it. Dare to be great. Get it. Get mm -hmm. it. Five or six years, man. You know, you can be tired of somebody. He's like sometimes it, the money's not worth it. I know he's trying to get to a certain spot, but sometimes you say, man, that dollar doesn't make sense. No, but I do see your point though. Yeah. But I do see his point where like it doesn't make sense right now because I'm tired of him. If I get in the ring, I'm gonna beat the crap out of him. But he won't get in the ring with me because he knows I'm gonna beat the crap out of him. That's the way I look at it. When you pull an 80-20 split, you're saying I will only do the fight under an astronomical number. You know, so we'll see what happens with Bud Crawford on that, man. I know that he's like so he's in a bad spot. Uh man, like we like we mentioned a few episodes ago, maybe Virgil Ortiz. Uh, Crawford is into fight with somebody because I'm looking at his record, his current uh, records up to this point. I mean, he's only fought one time in a year and a half. Yeah, a little over a year and a half. Oh That's yeah, because of COVID. So we got the Kell Brook fight, and so backtrack before the Kell Brook fight, and so those ESPN fights. But like I said, they were not a murderous row at welterweight. You know, so, no, no. So, and I, so we're looking at Virgil Ortiz probably because yeah. that was brought up. Oh, we mentioned that on the pod a few months back. Sure. And like I said, Sean Porter still needs a dance partner. He is still a top five welterweight. He is a former two-belt titleist. He's not only a two-time champion, he's held two different belts. Mm. He is ready. You know what I'm saying? And also, we can bring up Keith Thurman because he's angling for Spence, and Spence won't give him the time of day. He thinks he's a fuckboy. So, uh Bud's in a bad spot. He needs a fight bad. He, and, and not just a fight. He needs a fight. He needs a hard fight. He needs a hard fight, a good fight. Virgil Ortiz, I, I like him for this fight. I think that I, I like Porter better. If it's I Porter, do too. If I had Styles a makes fights. Port, Porter, I, 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 Port, Crawford needs a hard fight that is going to be a good name on his resume. Virgil Ortiz does not provide that name to me, not yet. It doesn't have their name recognition yet that a Porter does. So Porter, I, I and Crawford, I hope that's the next. I'm one. gonna say this here: we know that Crawford's contract with Top Rank ends. Get the Sean Porter fight done. We know that Errol Spence is not happening. We see the Manny Pacquiao situation here. Get Sean Porter in the ring. It's it, it's it's cheaper to get Sean Porter than Manny Pacquiao. Uh, it's a lot more affordable and a lot point, more fan friendly. 
Uh, it'll be palatable to me. I'll watch I, it. It might be fight of the year. You think about Sean Porter, he comes balls to the wall for 12 rounds. You think about Terrence Bud Crawford's skill level going from South Paul to Orthodox and the way he fights and has that mean streak. You can't tell me that, that could, this is possibly fight of the year if we can just get those two in the ring because we can't get the one we want. Uh, hey, even the fight that we, it's not even the number one fight could be fight of the year. That's how good this fight could be. If Crawford can do to Porter what Spence was unable to do, like knock him out and stuff like that though, which I still think would be difficult, but mm -hmm. you got to try. You got to yeah. try in order to try. You got to sign the contract and get in the ring. So to me, he needs to do basically do what maybe Spence couldn't completely do. Mm -hmm. Right, we'll just finish the guy off and stuff. That the Porter Porter and Porter's not gonna be an easy guy to finish off, period. No. So, but so to me, that style, that durability, that that fight would sell for me. So mm -hmm. I, I'm there. Sign me up. Yeah, so shout out to all them cats there. We'll say that. Uh Bud, if you're watching. Hey man, uh, I'm a fan. You need to fight. You need to holler at Bob Arum. Y'all to do do something. Uh, Manny, into the Manny Pacquiao fans. Y'all need to tell him to get. <laughs> hey, tell him to get stop pulling these moves, man. He keeps put. He keeps pulling the rug out. He did that to Conor McGregor. Reason why he signed a new manager deal. We thought he was gonna fight Conor McGregor. And that those negotiations went by here. He went back to UFC. We thought he was gonna fight Errol Spence. And they, I mean, there's so much stuff with Manny Pacquiao. Let me stop. Let me stop with Manny. Okay, Manny's. I said this in early episodes. Manny's being Manny. That's all we got to say. Manny's being Manny. Yeah, believe it at that. Yeah. So let's keep it moving here. Let's move on to the next point here. Man, we got another problem for another fight. We got more fight problems. We got Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua problems. Yes, we do. We thought this fight was about done. And uh, we were reading and I was checking out some things that they were being guaranteed $75 million a pop, Jorge. 150 million site fee. Only problem though is that there's some details of the site fee. And Bob Aram is claiming that Eddie Hernan returned his calls about a week and a half. <laughs> so, 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 just off, of, off the rip off of that, I would say if you're not getting anything from the other promotional company on the on anything being signed or anything laid out, in other words, if I don't see numbers, if I don't see a check, I have a problem. And and to me, Bob Arum is reacting the way you should oh be reacting if you're working with somebody and you're not seeing digits, you're not seeing right. zeros. Something's wrong there. Something's missing. So, yeah, let's continue on with the story. Yeah. <laughs> so everything seemed to be moving. Right. And we talked about this weeks ago, how Tyson Fury out of left field was getting pissed off. He was like, I need to fight somebody. And we both admitted to it. It's like, okay, it's been quiet. Maybe this is him, you know, getting the juices flowing for everybody to slow build the promotion now because the dude can sell a fight. The yeah. dude can talk. I love Tyson Fury. I like what he he's doing here, you know? And so that's why I looked at it. I mean, you even thought that same yeah. way too. Maybe he's, it's been quiet. You know, they're negotiating. Let's get this fight. Let's get this going here. And I don't think that was really the case now. I think that now we're seeing stuff behind the scenes and Fury was, I guess, trying to help push things along a little mm -hmm. bit here because things were going too quiet. And he's like, hey, man, let's get this. Let's get this sign here. I need to fucking fight. Yeah. Right. So Aram is basically saying now that, hey, I ain't heard from him in, in a week and a half. We need this here to get this fight done. And if this does, this is a huge hurdle. If this doesn't happen. We're going to go wilder three. And of course, that makes like a threat. Like, are we really going to see uh, Tyson Fury, uh, Deontay Wilder three? Well, let's remember here that Wilder had a contract and had a lawsuit, Jorge, that mm -hmm. we talked about. And that lawsuit was in full stream ahead. And so finally, we don't know the exact number, but 
Wilder's getting between 10 to 15 million to sit this one out. That and when you think about the chump change for this fight, they're gonna pay 150 million for you know for both fighters. So 10 to 15 million is nothing for Wilder to sit back and just wait your turn, basically, right? But if the way things are going right now, Aaron was like, yo, we already paid him 10 to 15 million. We're just going to translate that money to his figure, hey. and then we'll do three because Eddie Hearn, which I don't like already, we know about Aaron. <laughs> we, can, we can talk about that a little bit. He doesn't like him. They go back and forth on that. So, like, you got to make the best of both worlds. Fury needs a fight, and we had a lawsuit here, and if you don't get me the site fee and everything taken care of here, then I got to do what I got to do for my fighter. It, it, exactly. So if we kind of relate this a little bit back to the previous conversation <laughs> with Pacquiao and, and Crawford and stuff, right? That wasn't Aaron ruling that fight. That's Pacquiao saying, I want this, signed it, Crawford not signing it and stuff. Aaron's like, all right, throw my hands up on the whole thing. I did what I could, move on to the next fight. This is Aaron getting mad at the promoter this time saying, what the hell? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So in other words, there's already money sent to Wilder's way to say, hey, I know we had a contract for a third fight. Let's just table that off for now. Here's some money. Shut up. But now mm -hmm. it's like, what the hell's going on? So, so, right. so basically, Fury complaining the other a couple weeks back probably shed more. Probably said more. He said what he could say. I'll be allowed to say without mm -hmm. ruining the fight because he's not trying to ruin the fight. Of but he's basically not. complaining. What the hell? Yeah, you know, right. in other words, if he's not seeing any rolling zeros going through his checking account, something's <laughs> wrong. And if Aram's not seeing any of that, then he's definitely doing what he can to basically edge the edge towards an answer at this point he just wants an answer yeah so if he's got to go basically put the thread out that means he's not getting nothing that means it's radio silence mm -hmm. on his uh, from from hern and i got a problem with that let me add an extra point too as we continue this conversation at first i hear this and i think that's just aaron being aaron he always throws threats out there you know not but, like that though you no know, but it will it is not like that until this was about Sunday night, Monday, when this news started breaking. Then late last night, we're recording this the last week of April here. It's April 28th. We're recording this here. Last night, I see Wilder training. Now, you know the type of shape that Wilder's in. He's always working out. The dude's a physical marvel. He's not one of those guys that takes the off fights and he lets himself go. You can just tell this the way he's in shape, that he stays in shape all year round. Mm -hmm. But only thing we've been hearing about Wilder the last year is the the jacked up stuff between him and mark breland his former manager which is we talked we had an episode about that which is jacked up you mm -hmm. know they have that kind of split and then the the questionable comments that he's, he was making that we had to call him out on like yo if you say some bs we got to call you out i love you you're i'm a fan favorite but if you say some bs we got to call you on the bs so that's all we heard of wilder is that then all of a sudden aram throws this out there there's issues and stuff like that is being delayed and you no know, covid is the biggest issue of this here, because if we didn't have COVID, this would be in Wembley. It, mm -hmm. it wouldn't have these problems here. We'd be in Wembley, 100,000, and we'd be talking about how we can get over to the, over to the UK to cover this fight. Yeah, the money's there over for Wembley if it wasn't yeah. there. So Wilder's training now. Out of nowhere, all, all the drama of Wilder, all the stuff that he was saying, all of a sudden, now I see this dude fighting now when Aram says that. So now that lets, that, that's a little bit more spark here that makes me wonder after we record this here, will Eddie Hearn get what he needs to get done for Aram so this fight can be done? Yeah, no, and and and, and, and unfortunately, I, I if it comes to pass that we can't get that fight, oh, then I have a problem. Any and, and moving forward, I would have a problem with any fight being done overseas if you're going to be pulling the rug out from that. And this and, and, the, and the previous mention with Pacquiao and stuff that that's more Pacquiao on that front and stuff. But yeah. in this case, I I would I I'd be kind of annoyed by that and stuff. And mm -hmm. and I and I remember reading an article I think it was on Bad Left Hook and stuff. This is not the first time. This probably happened. This happens almost 
a lot if you try to get money overseas and stuff. Oh, this is the norm. The f- You're right. This is the norm. Whenever I, before Anthony Joshua Ruiz in the rematch in 20, December 2019, if there was a fight rumored overseas, I would tell people at the barbershop, it ain't happening. Stop. I said, I would say, stop the lies and stop the madness. It ain't happening. Outside of England, there was always any fight outside of England. Mm -hmm. That's where I was like, okay, this is this might be, this might not be there. When it comes to boxing, you got to look at the United States. You need to look at the UK and then miscellaneous spots. You know, somewhere in Canada, Canada, Montreal. Yeah, yeah, Montreal. That's they, they have their little hotbed. But after that, then it's scattered throughout the entire world there. But then if you talk about the Middle East, oh, don't even think any fights in the Middle East for years. Like I used to say, yeah, it ain't happening. Like Middle East, because it felt like the Saudis, like it was like they have this middle, they have this oil money and they'll flaunt it. And then last minute, there's like, now nah, I'm like cutting the check. Like they like they like saying they got money and they don't want to spend the money. That's that's that was the, I'm not I'm, I don't hope I'll get in trouble for this, but that was the ongoing rumor, especially Bob Arum for a decades you know but you know we didn't have this in the 70s and 60s they'll go across the world for heavyweight fights back in the day you know what i'm saying but the money in the united states became so huge that it just changed the game right now so i i I just hope that this gets resolved because i don't want to have us talking all this time and it doesn't even happen we have to wait till after covid and everything this and it's this fight needs to happen now jorge yeah no it's funny i said where i read that 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 article i mean i guess it off a bad level it's it's one of those things. It, it, I think it's like over nine hundred times this has been attempted. So it's, it's been attempted, right? I mean, anywhere yeah. you can get. Oh money yeah, they for tried. A, anywhere you can get money for a fight, you're going to go and stuff. But when when you hear something like that large of a number, I'm like, wow. So no matter what, I mean, every fight there's ever been probably every big A fight versus A fight has ever been put together looking for a site location. If it's not mentioned, <laughs> it's being tried. It's yeah. definitely being tried to go overseas because they know there's more money in potentially other areas of the world and stuff. They're just you know, if, if that's, I mean, that's just being very, I don't want to say cheap. Cheap's not the word. But let's just say they're not willing to pocket out those dollars and stuff because they know most of those those, those dollars. I'll just leave it at that. Forget it. Because that just kind of annoys me right there. Yeah, it, it, it bothers me too. I'm just hoping that by the time we get to May, by the time you guys may hear this, it's going to be the first weekend of May, that we get some, you know, we get a little bit more clarity on this because, Time's flying by fast, Jorge. Like, we literally probably been doing this podcast now for almost six months now, half a year. Like, we're or we're gonna be in May. We're gonna be halfway through the year already. You know what I'm saying? And these guys have not fight. We're still they're still negotiating. We're not talking about okay, the fight's done. And they, no, we don't know an undercard. We don't know nothing right now. And so I'm just hoping that whatever's going on on the Eddie Hearn side is taken care of. Cause don't get it twisted. What I like to see. Uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder 3? Yes, but not right now. I'm no. tired of that. We saw it back-to-back, basically, right? And we know who won the fight. I want to see Deontay Wilder, everything that's gone on with him, have a tuna fight. He needs first of the next fight to get that loss off his back. Yep. Get that monkey off. And then the next fight, I want to see him fight like Andy Ruiz type of fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, he's fighting uh, Chris Ariola this weekend. Yep. You know, I believe Chris Ariola is way past his sell date. You know, Ruiz can get that W, and then you get a wilder fight, and then I'd be I'd be interested to see Fury or Joshua at that point because then at that point, then I know that Wilder got them cobwebs out from that loss, and he'll get his mojo back. And this in this here, we want to see one egg is one B. We want to see Fury and Joshua. 
We've seen Joshua lose, but he got his belts back, and we know that he's clearly second best heavyweight in the world. I we want to see the best fighting the best. It's yeah. just gotta happen. And if Eddie, whatever Eddie Hearn got to do, get it done, man. Get it done. Figured it out. Yeah, that, that's pretty much all I have to say at this point. Eddie Hearn, figure it out, my friend. This is uh, we need we, <laughs> we of all the fights that need to happen and all the other bullshit with all the other fights not being made and stuff. There's no excuse for this one. Yeah, no, no excuse for this one. Especially when you have n rival promoters on board. Like we talk about how promoters are bad for the sport at times because they have their own network broadcast partners. So of course they want to keep their money in house. But when you really have two different promoters who hate each other trying to get a deal done, man, you, it has to get done because who says it's going to happen later, especially way Aram and Eddie Hearn interact, especially yeah. after the Teofimo Lopez uh, purse. Bit. Recently, we're not talking about old news, right? We can, we, we can actually talk a little bit about Teofimo Lopez really fast here. Like, that purse bid pissed off Bob Arum. Mm -hmm. Like little things like this could jeopardize the fight if this site fee doesn't site uh, doesn't get taken care of here for future exhibitions between ESPN top rank and the zone Eddie Hearn. Here's another thing too. I'll say outside of this, this is, I hope it's a good learning experience for Eddie Hearn and any other promoters moving forward looking to get overseas money like that and stuff. Keep a lid on your your people, your inner circle. Shut the hell up. I, no rumors, no leaks, unless it's there and the numbers are there and they're already in somebody's account and the money's going to be transferred. I don't want to hear it because all this does is make you look bad and foolish, man. So let's hope they get that taken care of fair, man. We, I want to see this fight bad. I mean, the two top heavyweights. That's all you need to hear. Two top heavyweights going to fight. That's all we need to hear. So. Let's keep it moving. Uh, let's see here. What do we want to talk about here? Oh, I'm, this is going to be a short one here, this particular subject. Floyd! Floyd Mayweather! <laughs> Floyd Mayweather brother's back. He's fighting Logan Paul. You happy for Floyd's return? Like Jesus? Floyd's return. Showtime. Yep. Pay-per-view. Yep. 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 June 6th. Do you have a cricket button there? They can kind of like... Just... Uh, money team, baby. Money team. No, no, no. Hit a cricket button for me, my friend. There we go. I give myself the crickets. All right. I deserve it. No, no, not, not you. You don't deserve it, but... I the, 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 the I'm, trying, I'm trying to amp it up here. It's... 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 It's, it's nothing... I don't know. Let's just... Uh, okay. Floyd Mayweather. I'll gonna... it. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> this... It feels weird to talk about this here when I break this down here. Okay. Floyd Mayweather is fighting. Okay, well, everybody's fighting their 40s nowadays. Sunday, June 6th. First of all, people, if you're a diehard boxing fan, Sundays do not sound right for a boxing fight. You know, uh, back in the day, USA used to have Tuesday night fights. You know, that felt awkward. Even I was a shorty on Tuesday night. But you got some Saturday nights is when the fights, you know, like you figure Thursdays and, and Saturdays, you know. You get a Friday, Friday fight, maybe on Telemundo Univision. You get one of those Friday fights where it's an yeah. all-Hispanic fight and stuff. Prospects and it's usually, on Friday nights, you know. Usually somewhere in Mexico or in Puerto yeah. Rico or you watch ESPN, Friday night fights there. Yeah. that That's about it. You're not getting anything outside of that. So. And then, then Saturday comes in. Then HBO Boxing After Dark back in the day, Showtime yeah. Boxing, uh, The Zone. You know, this uh, Saturdays is is fight night, which so. is the reason why it runs up against MMA and their fights and stuff. MMA is not doing nothing on Sundays. Boxing doesn't do anything on Sundays. This fight, my friend, is on a Sunday. It's on a Sunday. It feels. You know what though? If I want to see a fight on Sunday, I want to watch SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble. Well, I mean, I'm just naming off WWE events but, and especially the original events yeah and all the stuff they've been adding every month after yeah. that yeah i mean I, I know i'm showing my age but 
I, when I think Sunday nights, when there's fighting, I think of WWF slash WWE. Yep, it's a nice amp up to wind down for the rest of the week. Yeah, exactly. So this is not like his last uh, exhibition fight when he fought the, the I keep that small Japanese cat that was like 115 pounds and he banked uh, 20 million. Not mad at him for getting that check if they're going to cut it for him to beat a dude for three rounds against a dude who in Floyd ain't no big dude. Like good, that. Good, good Japanese money to get. Yeah, get that but, but Showtime's behind this one now. Showtime CBS. This is this that Showtime was like, yo, we want in. Steven Espinosa was like, nah. Logan Paul. Now let me just get everybody up to speed here. This is not Jake Paul. This is not the Jake Paul that put Nate Robinson to sleep. This is not the Jake Paul that actually just put uh what's name to sleep? Uh Better ask him. Uh yeah. Oh god, that was bad. Um, but uh hey, he's put in the work, but this is not that Jake Paul. This is his brother Logan Paul. This is the Logan that has more followers and is bigger on social media than Jake, who's been putting up the 1.4 pay-per-view buys, you know, on Triller. So when it comes to Floyd, Floyd's about that dollar. So Showtime got involved, they cut a check. Show, <laughs> Showtime got involved, they cut a check. Because the last time it was supposed to happen, remember we talked about this in February, Showtime was not involved. It's going to be on some independent pay-per-view, and then it just kind of fell through the cracks, never happened. CBS involved now. Man, they're gonna they're gonna pipe this up, man. They're gonna give this a full carpet. And it's gonna be a big boxing weekend, Jorge, because the day before on Saturday, when we talk about fights, we have Triller with their next pay-per-view with Tiafimo Lopez on his mandatory. And also uh Evander Holyfield is gonna be on the exhibition there. Yeah. Oh my god, what a boxing weekend that's gonna be. For it's June a, it's, it's a good boxing weekend. Again, hardcore boxing fan here. Mm-hmm. I have to pick between the two. Yeah, I'm buying. I'm buying. I'm buying just the first one, the Saturday. I'm not. I'm not looking at Sunday. Now, the thing that you pointed out in our pre-meeting was there is. I don't know. This is more rumor at this point, right? With the trying to get another fight on the undercard. Yeah. Of so Floyd and uh, and Paul there. It makes sense because it's Showtime is involved now. And Showtime, sure. we talked last week. They rolled out their big summer lineup of all these fights between you know end of April, May until September. And so uh, they're thinking about adding uh, one of the Charlo brothers, uh, Jamal Charlo, to the undercard, which would be huge because he has his fight that was scheduled in June. All they got to do is move that up a week, you know, for him. And he's not fighting a world beater. You know, this is kind of like, you know, a stay busy fight for him. Mm-hmm. So this would be perfect for him for a bigger platform. He, Him and his brother, huge personalities, great fighters. And then to put someone on a, on a Floyd undercard. That's just eyes, baby. That's just eyes to get him ready for the next fight if he's going to potentially be that Canelo foe one day. Because everybody's mad at Canelo because they're saying they're mad at him for going the 168 route of fighting for the undisputed and not want to fight, quote unquote, the other top guys. Mm. And so everybody was saying, well, you know what, though? Canelo made a a plan. So you other guys need to get yourself ready. So when Canelo's done, he's ready for Mm y'all. And so this could be Charles ready, you know, his little little spotlight here to get him ready for Canelo about a year. Yeah, the reason I mentioned that, it, uh, you know, that, that other, I mean, that's basically the fight you would have to get for me as a hardcore boxing fan to watch as well, right? If you're going to be to pay two pay-per-views and stuff, I'm not getting it for the second pay-per-view to watch uh, an exhibition match. But yeah. if you're going to me to watch Jamar Charlo, uh, I, I might, I might, I might, I might, <laughs> I might consider it and stuff, depending on what that, that's the undercard, com- you know, looks like, which is kind of makes sense why Showtime and CBS are also involved. So because it gives them a chance to also put, other fighters under the card as well too. I'm hoping other than outside of Jamar Chalo, there's, there's other fighters that I don't mind watching yeah. and stuff. So I, I guess what I'm saying is I would watch it if that card looks 
as good as that we're you know that we're hopefully rumor you know being rumored out. If it isn't, that's a hard buy for me. I, I, but I see where the money's coming in and stuff. That's going to be mostly for the uh, the Paul fans. Yeah, I mean, you look at Floyd's social media influence since he's retired. People need to. I don't want to go along into this. We'll talk about that when we get close to the weekend. Sure. But people need to follow Floyd's technique. What he's done, like. Now, I know everything was not perfect the way he fights. And now we are discussing how guys fight two times a year, thinking they're Floyd as well, because they don't want to lose and things of that nature. Right. But when it comes to promoting, Floyd's got that blueprint and people need to work with him. Al Heyman and Leonard Ellerby, as far as their promotional game that they do, because you add Logan Paul's 19 plus million social media followers, Floyd's social media. Oh, my God. His millions and millions of followers. So. All you need is a few commercials on Showtime, CBS, and then the followers are going to go buy the ish without even needing any extra outside presence. And if Showtime's involved, they probably cut at least 50 million minimum. Floyd is not, I mean, he made 20 million in Japan. So a fight like this, man. So I'm just saying for the fighters, yo, they need to check his, his game plan because he is putting in the work and he's making money. Manny needs to follow his game plan. No, no, but no, but you made a good point right there. Floyd's promotional acumen and stuff with his business partners and stuff, excellent. Man. But please don't fight twice a year. No, 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 but don't fight I, twice I, a year. I, no, no, no. I, that's why I said I, yeah, I, I hate that. That's that part I hate. That's the one part I hate. But you know what, though? People have to realize that when Floyd was doing that, the economics only allowed him to fight twice a year because he was making so much money. These other guys only fight twice a year because they're trying to follow Floyd, but you're not then making, you're, you're not getting you're paid not 30. Floyd. Yeah, yep. when Floyd in the, in the peak, he was getting 25, 30. After he beat De La Hoya, he was getting 25, 30 million to fight, you know, Mosey and them guys like that. That's why he fought twice a year because HBO and then Showtime could only pay him twice a year yep. to fight. But these other guys, you're making three to five to 10 million. You can still fight three, four, five times a year. Yep. So just don't follow that, but follow his promotional acumen. It's, it's, it's working out. Like, I don't know how many pay per view buys it's going to have. I don't know if I'm going to buy it. I'll probably end up buying Tia Fimo's pay-per-view, you know, yeah. and we'll talk about it. We'll get closer to that, but we'll see what happens. But it's, oh yeah. Let me add here. Logan Paul can't weigh no more than 190 pounds. Why Floyd would be at around like 160. It's an exhibition. So yeah, it's an I, exhibition. I, I, so let's throw that out there. It's not an even fight because Floyd is a professional one, the greatest, if not the greatest defensive fighter ever. This guy's fought twice on exhibitions and lost, but he's like six foot one and 190 pounds. Yeah, exactly. I got him. So exhibition. So I had to throw that out there that it's not Floyd fighting on so his 5'8, 147, 154 pounds. He's fighting a cruiserweight. Uh, exactly. So again, exhibition, exhibition. and the, the undercard. <laughs> Has to be mightily impressive. Showtime CBS, hear me when I say this. Needs to be mightily impressive if you're going to get me to buy. Mm -hmm. Let's go on to our next subject here. Yo, homeboy. Edgar Berlanga. See, so I said that he was ready. Edgar Berlanga. You've been waiting since I hit the record button for me to say yo, homeboy. I was hoping we were going there first, but you know what? You told me down a little bit. All the rest of the discussion got me there. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, well, we had a little sidebar, and I had a, yeah, Ooh. I was kind of going off on that. So Edgar Berlanga, he fought. You mad, uh, you mad at him. Not mad at him. You mad. But disappointed. You, like, you mad. So we fought Damon Nicholson. Uh, when unanimous decision. Before you go, Before you go here. Jorge is mad. Not mad. No, 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 no. Jorge, you sounded perturbed. Now you can go ahead and talk. When the trainer slapped him in the eighth <laughs> round, I think you kind of get the impression why I was a little bit annoyed as well, too, because I think the trainer saw what I saw. So, Edgar Berlanga, eight round, unanimous decision. 
So this is his first time finally going past the first round. This is the first fight he's had in 17 fights where he's actually gone past the full fight. Yep. So for only a decision on his record. And with that said, if you count the total amount of minutes he's fought prior to this fight, he basically fought maybe five rounds total combined. Right. So he hasn't really seen a lot of action. Yeah. All together, right? Cumulative. This so here, here's my thoughts right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Conditioning, I have a problem with already. By the third round, he was already breathing out of his mouth. So that tells me a couple of things. That tells me his training camp, maybe he wasn't sparring longer than three rounds. Wasn't at, at the very least, it showed by the like I said, this is already the beginning of the third round. His mouth was open. It's, he was not. It shows he's not running in boots in the mountain hills like Rocky enough. Exactly. So for the <laughs> and the thing is, Berlanga's got footage out there on YouTube. Check it out, guys. But he's got stuff on TikTok, YouTube, where you can actually see him doing some of his training and stuff. The one training that one training day doesn't account for the right amount of training he would necessarily need to to go for a full you know three rounds, five rounds, eight rounds, ten rounds, twelve rounds, whatever it it is. So like I said, by the third round he was already breathing pretty heavy. Um, I'm glad he didn't try to go for the knockout, which is what which is what the fans wanted. And 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 shout out to my fans out there uh, to the fans out there in Orlando and Kissimmee, big Puerto Rican crowd there. They were in house and they were loud and boisterous and it was great to to see that uh over in kissing me like i'm so looking forward to seeing a fight down there when i get a chance uh but that said not enough body punching that was your observation mm-hmm. when we talked about this and in my opinion even though you thought he jabbed enough i didn't think he did jab enough well not early but i felt by the end of the fight that he established his jab and he did what he needed to do but yeah i i felt you're right he could have jabbed more i mean he's a young fighter i think everybody needs to jab freaking more exactly no one, no one jabs enough in exactly in the game. jab enough to set up your big punches and stuff mm-hmm. when i see more of your big punches and then your jabs are looking a little bit not as authoritative, right? Not as authoritative as a Kodo, as a Trinidad. Two guys that you, in an article, said that you looked up to. So to me, yeah. when you can't go to the body like Kodo and you can't properly use your jab the way you need to like Kodo or Trinidad, then you have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. So actually, he's supposed to be fighting Jesse Hart now coming up June 12th and stuff. I'm a little worried. You know, a week after the Logan Paul TFM fight, man, yeah. June is popping. June man. is popping, but man. but I am definitely a little worried just because, uh, like I said, by the eighth round of that fight, he's sitting on the bench and his trainer gives him a nice smack <laughs> in the face. Took me dad to Trinidad's dad, to Dakota's uncle. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I to me that was mm, loved it, loved it because I'm like, you need to show this kid how serious this is about listening to your trainer. At the end of every round. So in other words, if you could admit post-conference that you weren't listening enough to your trainer, you deserve that slap. I slap you every round. Didn't he do push-ups after the fact, too? Yes, he did. He, the kid's got some work <laughs> to do. And, and I'll say this. He at least recognizes he needs, he got some work to do. Yeah. So I'm going to give him the Ryan Garcia treatment that I gave him episodes early, 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 early on when we first started and stuff. Oh. I'm going to give him the Garcia treatment and advice. Ooh. Wow. Do not speak of Canelo, Ooh. Caleb Plant, oh. Benavides, oh. nobody in the top five, oh. top six of, at oh. super middleweight until you get your shit together. Oh. Five fights. Oh. I want to see five fights where you get your shit together, work on the things you need to improve on. Your defense can use some improvement, too. I didn't like some of those clean punches you were getting hit at. Anybody else would have knocked your ass down. Come on. Ooh. Oh, oh. Wow. What? Oh, oh, oh. Ryan Garcia. 
Yeah, no, he he, hey. he, he needs work to do. I, I, look, wow. I care about the I care about the young man. He's twenty three years old. Wow. I care about your career longevity. Wow. I want you to be a great professional. Mm. Yeah, yeah, a whole island, not just New York and Florida, a whole island, mm. looking at you. Mm. So you got it's it's just more than just coming in, you know, to the fight, weighing a little bit more than the one sixty eight, probably eating some arroz and andules. You need to basically kind of come in there conditioned. He's bit the Espanol people. Okay. I mean, at this point, the way you looked in that ring, you're like you're ready to come into 175 the day after. Ooh. Not yet. Not yet. You want to fight those fights at 168? Condition yourself right, my friend. Okay. I was, I don't know what to say right now. Um, ouch. Um, I was not expecting you to go full Ryan Garcia on him like that. If you have not checked out our show and listened to old episodes, he goes in on Ryan Garcia. Jorge Papo doesn't. He goes hard on Ryan Garcia. And if you heard the old episodes about Berlanga, he you would thought that was his first cousin that he is raised in the household with him. And then after this weekend, he was so disappointed. Like you hurt my heart is heavy. More. My heart is heavy. That's what you sound. You sound like a father disappointed that your son didn't beat it up right. My, look, any, any, <laughs> any, any fathers out there who have their sons, especially if their oldest is a son, you have high expectations. And it's unfortunate because I am mm. the oldest of all you know, my siblings. Yeah. And my dad had high expectations for me as well. So mm-hmm. uh, to me, your dad's always going to have expect- high expectations, yeah. whether you're the youngest, the middle, or the youngest, or the oldest. But it doesn't matter. The mm. oldest is always the one. To me. That has to be the one, the, the the example, right? The one that they have to set right for the siblings to kind of follow. I expected more. I expected a lot more. I, I'm not going to bullshit. I expected a lot out of this kid. When you knock out guys in the first round, I expect there'll be some questions with your condition. I did not expect that there'd be some questions with some of your technique. That I did have a problem with. Again, mm-hmm. everything. I mean, you learn from Cotto. You learn from training. You learn from any great fighter. Get that jab going. Pump out that jab. Good things are going to happen for you. I'll say good things before I get into the bad. He needed these eight rounds. Yes, that, he did. That, I, I agreed. That yeah. 24 minutes in the ring, that that is baptism by fire, even though it wasn't you know, a hard fight for him. But just to be in situations he's never seen before outside of training, outside of sparring, to be in the fourth round at the one-minute mark and knowing how your wind is, you know, or maybe the sixth round and you took a shot, but it wasn't hurting how you adjusted that. Certain things that you don't see when you're knocking everybody the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? So he needed these eight rounds. So that's good. He got the work in. Now, that's the only good I'm going to say. <laughs> you know, and, that, and that's what scares me for this June 12th yeah. fight against Jesse Hart. Jesse Hart is a veteran, mm-hmm. a veteran who's already called him out in the first place, already kind of highlighted some things he saw in his amateur career that, hey, he's been knocked out in his amateur career, folks. Edgar Berlanga has been knocked out. Again, he's 23 years old. So to me, he's still working. He's still kind of an amateur. If you think yeah. about all the, all the minutes he's put in his professional yeah, career, he he's have, still an amateur. Yeah, so it doesn't have a deep amateur background. Like I said, before this fight, it, it wasn't even a full, you know, 16 fights, 16 knockouts in the first round. And not like he went the full three minutes each fight. He's talking about I mean, five rounds combined. Yeah, you're looking fights. a minute here, a minute and a half there, you know, before he landed a clean right, you know, or just, it, gets, it gets stopped. So I'm going to point out that he needs to hire a strength and conditioning coach. Like you point out how he was gassed and how, you know, by the third round, you can tell he was breathing heavy on the, on the stool and things of that nature. And before this fight, one thing I always recognize is this here, the mm. midsection. 
you know, how if you're not a heavy, this doesn't really matter much when you're in the heavyweight. You know, you can weigh as you want. You know, all you need is that one hitter quitter. You know, if you got 12 rounds of jabs and right hooks, you're heavyweight. It does this doesn't matter here, even though we see Deontay Wilder look like a freaking sculpture, right? Mm -hmm. And Anthony Joshua looking like sculptures. But when you're in the lower weight classes, like when I say lower, like if you have to make weight, and I know you he's young. And I can see love handles. I can see rolls. I don't see a six or eight pack. I just see just the first two part of your abs and everything. And you just trying to suck it in so that you can flex. No, nah, you need more conditioning. You need more work on that. He's young. So, of course, that's a lot of that's still baby fat, you yep. know, at 23. But for 168, I would not be surprised, Jorge, if he was in the ring at 190. On fight night. Oh, this on this fight night, he was definitely on the pudgy side. How big he is? He is six one, six two, and he's not string bean. Like you can see, some guys who are tall and lean, and they they can carry a lower weight. Like Paul Williams, how he was six one and can be one forty seven, one fifty four, one sixty mm. about ten years ago, right? This he's six one and he ain't no. He he will if he don't take care of his weight management, he will be a heavyweight when it's all said and done. But. For him to be that young, and I see that pudginess there, and then you see that he was gassed out, he didn't need to work with someone like, was it Bob Mackey, who I don't know if he's still doing it, like he helped out Bernard Hopkins when he trained himself to go to 160, 175 when he fought Tarver. He needs to find us a true coach who is going to forget boxing. He already got a boxing. He got his trainer. He just need those four or five days a week where he's just working on conditioning, training strength and then maintaining muscle memory exactly. not being not being bulky where that you take off your punches because you lose your you know your extension and, and your stretching but that fat needs to be trimmed down so that he can be his best i'm gonna name a name that you probably have you laughing a little bit and stuff who, who was probably more that way probably a better nutritionist than a fighter who's that chris algieri Oh yeah, yeah. That's that, a, that, that was his background. He that, he actually got a I think a bachelor in science in sports. Exactly. Kid Malizy, but 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 that's a name that come off my the top of my head. Oh that, yeah, that he I trained guys too, and he's a trainer as well. So yeah. to me, Chris Algieri, he's a good nutritionist. That yeah. that is his background. Yeah, guys like him, guys that, that basically say, especially because he's got a fight background, he's probably going to be better suited for you, anyways, because oh, yeah. at least you'll understand what it takes for your body to be in the right shape to make 168 pounds and basically. Get some of that fat off mm -hmm. with the right with the right type of food and stuff. Yeah, so. it, he's young, so you can just tell by his stature that that's just so much young fat, right? But he will not stay at one sixty eight past twenty twenty two at his current training regimen right now. He will be at one seventy five by next year easily if he maintains this, and he will be at cruiserweight by twenty twenty three. Basically, if I, he doesn't get like he's young, but all he needs is just to. All he needs is a good four or five months with the right coach, and we can see a different fighter. It, it's as, all, as strong as he is, imagine having that power and then the condition to go 12 rounds. Because yeah. then he'll be stronger. You see how the power he has now? Imagine if you have that conditioning where you maintain your power in the sixth, seventh round. That's what that's what that's the things that you're not seeing in boxing that people don't talk about when you're doing the road work and you're getting your your winning going so you can go those longer rounds because punches. You lose a little pop in those later rounds. But if you have your conditioning, your strength training, no, it's still going to be there because you, you, you're preparing yourself for those moments. And he's not there yet. And that's what he needs next. Yeah, exactly. I mean, basically every round, your hand should be a threat. By the third round, if you're gassed and, and, and you're, I mean, and don't get me wrong, you had four knockdowns. Two of those, oh, yeah. Yeah, a, little, a little questionable on my part, but mm -hmm. the best knockdown was the last one, mainly because it was the last round yeah. and you caught him clean and used a lot of technique to get there. Mm-hmm. 
So to me, I will say though that if it was a ten round fight, he would have took him out though. Listen, yeah. we I will we're we're nitpicking him because we see the power, we see a good young fighter who has great potential, you know. And if this was a ten round fight, he got that eighth round, that ninth round, dude wouldn't have made it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's one of those circumstances that he needed that, but. You know, he's young. So let's see what happens with Jesse Hart. Jesse Hart is a legit battle-tested middleweight. I would pick Berlanga to win, but if there was a guy young in his development that could expose him to showcase things he needs to work out, this could be a fight here, especially a quick turnaround. Yeah, He didn't get hurt, but it's, this could be one of those fights like we can see, okay, he's got the goods, or we need to dial it back a little bit so he can work on these things here. Or this may be what it is, and maybe we need to fast track him because this is what he is then. So, so I mean, and, and look, and then I know there's a lot of nitpicking there, a lot of things that I saw there and stuff like that. Look, I have a lot of love for Edgar Berlanga. Mm -hmm. Still a lot of hope in you, my friend. I'm definitely a believer. Every yeah. fight you fight, I'm going to be watching and stuff. But I remember a young prospect, Puerto Rican prospect, that came up to top rank. His name was Felix Verdejo. And this is oh, before yeah. and this, and this is before his motorcycle accident and stuff like that, though. A lot of lights on him. He was definitely getting primed up. He's already, he was getting an HBO. He was co-headlining co fights and stuff he was mm -hmm. he was a guy that i lo was looking forward to having a great career and stuff and after that motorcycle accident he got again this is what this is an aspect of him getting being young and, and doing something stupid and foolish because he's never been the same ever since so i would say keep you know get, keep your head in the game keep your keep your eyes on, on the prize and stuff keep your eyes focused don't come into a fight like you just had Easter weekend meal. That's kind of like what you like you looked that day it was the Easter Looked weekend. Like he was eating tamales, man. So, like, tamales and chitlins. Yeah. I'm gonna put the combination together. He was eating tamales and chitlins. That, that, you know what? That's like a, that's not like a dire diners, drivers, and dives. Guy Fury <laughs> type meal. Hey guys, we're going over here to get some good chitlins and tamales. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> and a hot rod. Yeah. But but you know, so look, I mean, I look forward to seeing your next fight against Jesse Hart. Train well. Mm -hmm. And much love to you. You got my support. The whole island, New York, the Recon here in Chicago, everybody's supporting you, my friend. Just yeah. we want you to succeed. So on that note, we're going to close out of here. Before we close out, I just want to say, I'm not going to talk long on this here. I just want to say uh, shout out to Ryan Garcia. We talk about him a lot in this show here. Uh, he dropped out of his fight coming up. He says he's battling anxiety and depression. Uh, this is not going to be a long diatribe here. Uh, I am someone who deals with anxiety and depression so that when someone publicly comes out and says that they are fighting these battles like this here, every person's different with their battle. So I'm just hoping that with him dropping out of this fight, that he gets the help that he needs and he gets better, you know? Yeah, no, so same thing here. You have my full support on, on getting through your issues and stuff. Um, you know, I had a younger brother that passed away a couple of years ago through depression and stuff. And I would just say, you know, take care of your, take care of your surroundings, take care of your environment, uh, do all this, the work you need to do to find out what your triggers are that are putting you through this and do the proper things you need to do to, Make sure you are healthy and alive and fighting well and that your head's in the right state and stuff. You need all those things before you can get back in the ring, I, I think. So right. I would say take as much time as you need and don't worry about anything else outside of that but your health. Yeah, we talk a lot of stuff about boxing. You know, we may critique him on boxing and uh, the the fighters that he's choosing or his career path of the guys trying to fight. But when it comes to life and death, stuff like this here, 
not going to play around with it, you know, just hoping that he's a human, be- he's a human being and it's hoping that, you know, that he's whatever help that is available, that he's getting, that it is working and it's, it's doing well for him. Cause at the end of the day, you're not a boxer forever. You're, you know, you got a family, you got friends and he's going to make sure that after his fighting career is over that, you know, he's still able to function and do what he needs to do. Exactly. He was Ryan Garcia before the boxer. Exactly. Always before the box, he was just Ryan Garcia. He became the boxer, became the social media guy. And I, at the end of the day, you know, for whatever it is I can treat, critique him on when it comes to those things, when it comes to this subject of depression, anxiety, I, it's not a joking matter. And yeah. I hope he gets well and look forward to seeing him back in the ring. Yeah. Next episode, we may touch a little bit more on him and then see, hopefully we'll have more updates and he's doing better and things like that. So on that note, we're going to close out with this episode here. So I'm just going to say what I'm going to repeat when I repeat here. Uh, if you're going to click like subscribe click the follow button here on youtube you know shout out to all the new subscribers hope y'all like the content we're putting out here once again as well if you can't check us out in the video aspect you know we're on apple and on spotify is it's available for you all you gotta do is click and subscribe boxing now podcast and once again shout out to spangler sports world on the zingo tv app channels 249 and 250 oh, man eduardo doing those big things here for the sports network there all right there oh yeah Wednesday nights, 8 p.m., jump off live with me and my brothers, J.D., John, uh, John Steve, Johnny Davis, and as well as Jeff Smith. So uh, if you're going to watch on on April 28th episode, we're going to do like our quickie style, be more lighthearted information that we're going to be dropping this week. Jorge, what you got? Uh, live underscore Dominoes is the name of the Twitch TV channel. We are broadcasting Wednesdays, Wednesday, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central in, uh, at PL Lounge. We're on the road. 3456 North Pulaski Avenue. If you're in the Chicago area, do stop on by. Stream starts at 8 p.m. Uh, get in as early as 6. Grab yourself some food and drinks and play some dominoes before you uh, we stream live. And uh, you might be on the main table. Uh, outside of that, Thursdays and Saturdays at our usual location at La Taverna, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, and to all the fans out there that uh, who are watching our show, likes, dislike. I appreciate the likes. I appreciate the dislikes. Again, if you're going to dislike our show, I would appreciate some uh, commentary there, at least letting us know what we can do to provide better content for you guys. If there's something you don't disagree with us on what we stated, point that out, and we'd like to have a dialogue with you on the comment section. Oh, you know what, though? We can't stop the show right now. You know why? We're going to go over time. I just got some information. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is it. Overtime news. Mike Tyson announces that he will fight Lennox Lewis in September. Is it... Okay, there's announced, but is there something signed, location, pay-per-view, numbers? Because I'm giddy, but I'm here's, I'm... here's the quote here. I'm going to fight Lennox Lewis. September. Tyson told TMZ cameraman as he entered his vehicle. Mike Tyson is 54 and Lennox Lewis is 55. And then we see a tweet from Lennox Lewis saying, do you really want me to dust off these gloves? And there's a picture and it says, training for one more with Mike Tyson. <laughs> we're gonna go over all right yeah we're um got a few minutes here got a few minutes i know i know we're gonna know what no overtime material over overtime overtime here i don't care uh i'm the producer and the director of the show here <clears throat> okay all right we're gonna do this for two or three minutes, and then we'll shut stop the show. So, 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 a couple episodes back, I, I, I mentioned some <laughs> of the part about being excited about the Liga, the, the Liga, the, Liga champions, Liga champions, the yeah. Legends League that uh, Tyson wanted to do and stuff. And I always said I would have been excited to watch Lennox Lewis get back in the ring 
I'm a big Lennox Lewis fan. He is so underrated in the history of boxing heavyweights. Yes. I I was not a part of the American douchebaggery that because of the fact that he wasn't from here, that we didn't respect him. And that's the problem that we have as Americans here. We don't get a lot of that. Didn't a lot of that stem for the fact that he wasn't fighting in the States. Though I'm trying to remember. He fought in the States a lot though. I mean, like there were him being a heavyweight champion. I do respect him from going to other countries. Don King had him in Africa. Yeah. You know, of course he fought in, uh, he fought in, I think he fought in Jamaica. He's fought in Canada. He's course in the UK because of his background, his British background. But, out of his like forty plus fights, he fought a majority of them in the states, though. Okay, I was trying to. I was trying to. I mean, I. I, I mean, he does. Ha- I mean, he's fought a lot overseas, of course. And you know, early in his career, by being you know Canadian and British, he fought over there. But by the time he got to his prime, man, he was out. He was out here, baby. He was. And I will say this too. I will always remember the one of the biggest robberies I watched from Lennox Lewis on my freaking birthday, March thirteenth, nineteen ninety nine, in the basement of my old house. Never forget that Saturday night when he fought Evander Holyfield and Molly whopped him for twelve rounds, and somehow Don King paid the judges off to get a freaking draw out of that fight. I never forget being nineteen years old saying, "Um, I'm not a boxing judge, but." I didn't see six rounds for Holyfield. How did you pay? I'm trying to figure out how much Don King paid those judges to give six rounds to Holyfield in that fight. You know, and, and, and what happened though is that they ran that fight back and Lance Lewis gave him another ass whooping for 12, for 12 rounds, man. So I just have to say that, that I've always been a big Lennox Lewis fan. I've always supported him when Americans didn't support him. And he's one of the few fighters has avenged every single fighter that he's lost to. Okay. He had a draw against Holyfield, avenged that. He lost to Haseem Rahman, avenged that. Lost to was a Gerald McLennan, when, and then he came back in the rematch, and dude was crying in the ring, and he avenged that. So out of all the heavyweight champions, he was undisputed and beat everybody who was in the ring with him. Was that douchebaggery before he fought the Rock Rockman, or was it afterwards? It's, it's been always been there. Yeah, because, because, okay, so, so the one that the one thing that I can remember the most about Lennox Lewis that had me crack, that had laughing at the time, was the interview that he did with Rockman on ESPN, and he freaking blew up. I, 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 that's why I'm trying to figure out like where this douchebaggery came from. Because to me, I don't remember it maybe as vividly as you, but I, I think it was after that where the douchebaggery douche was back uh, back in '88 in the Olympics. And I, okay. even, even Tyson talks about it because you know him and Tyson can't, went back even that far back. You know, as far as how he even talked about how he knew him back then when they were young and things of that sure. nature. But yeah, we and especially when he became the champion, he had his English accent, you know, and he drank the tea with the pinky finger up, you know, and then he would use words like it's preposterous. Oh, <laughs> so the snobbish appearance from Lennox Lewis with the proper English stuff was uh, pissing off American. Yes, and stuff. yes. I can see how it could happen that way because you know what? I mean, if you see it to the right person at the right place at the wrong time Think and have a drink or two, yeah, you might piss off somebody. Like it was me and you doing that bullshit somewhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into it with somebody. Think about it. If you're a straight home Alabama, U.S. man, you know, straight in the heart of Texas type of dude, and you see Lance Lewis saying, this is preposterous. Not even. You get a guy, get a guy <laughs> from Chicago, like one of the bars down there and stuff like that. You'd be like, what yeah. the hell are you saying on my face? Yeah, you get a dude from the South Side. Like, dude, what? You, you got this made-up accent to get the girls, man? Exactly. It doesn't matter if you're from the South or you up from the North, you from the hood or not. It, it, you say to the you say that to the mm-hmm. wrong person on the wrong day, and then you're gonna get something. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I I get the douchebaggery. I just I I think a lot of his personality is what. And he's not American. Are. Like, here's another thing too. He's black who looks black, but then when he speaks, you hear the accent. So then that's already another knock because you know you see that and it's like oh. He's black. Maybe he was like, oh, hey, English. He ain't really one of us. Exactly. You know? yeah. that's, that's just getting it from your, when you're on your own 
from your own brothers, basically. Yeah. So it's I, I I get it. I get the douchebaggery and stuff, but I wouldn't call it purely American. It's just one of those it's things huge. where it's just so it's, it's it's a huge American buy. I'm not just saying just for Lance Lewis, but it's just American douchebaggery in general when it comes to other other athletes in other countries because th- i've seen so many times where we're just on our high horse and we don't give the respect we're, we're, we're not, not perfect we're, we're not, not perfect. i know that but i will but i will own it that we are especially in boxing we are douchebags to yes, the other we countries. are we are no, I, look especially during the Klitschko era now it wasn't it wasn't pretty but they were the best and we dog they asses out that's why we have puerto rican mexican rivalries in boxing because we tend to be douchebags <laughs> I call it like it is, dude. It's, 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 it's exactly what it is. It, we that that douchebag goes as more recent, probably as Canelo, Cotto uh, Canelo, oh, going that's, back that's, all the way to no, Trinidad. No, no, no that, that's that's the beginning, begin the time when the slave trade happened, and when the brothers got dropped off in Puerto Rico, and then you got some of the brothers in Mexico, and then when y'all we all finally met up together, and we was like, yo, got dropped off over here, and we got dropped off over here, and that's why we don't like each other, because some people got dropped off early, some people got dropped off late. <laughs> I, I mean, we always said all that bullshit in the ring. Yeah, and we said, "Oh, well, let's get in the ring then." Okay, I was first. Yeah, yeah, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Mexican. I don't care. <laughs> now I'm being facetious, people, but you know, but it's exactly, but it, it's exactly what but, a lot of that is. Like. Yeah. We're, so I'm gonna be honest as we close out here with this. I just had the I I, I couldn't stop when I saw this here. It did, you it, got too giddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to talk. I'm gonna be honest. Though. I would rather see Holyfield than Lennox Lewis. I, 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 I know it's exhibition. Let me finish this. Nicely. I know it's exhibition, right? But we knew. I mean, it, it'd be fun to watch. You know, I mean, we want to see our legends still have what they have, right? And Lennox Lewis, I felt he still had more in the tank. You know, I'm glad that he retired on his own terms. You know, he he felt after he got that nasty cut against Klitschko. Vitaly, that, Vitaly, Vitaly should have had oh, his ass. I mean, people, if you want to go back and watch Lennox Lewis Vitaly last fight. Klitschko was a- that cut could fit into my entire hand. That's how bad it. But you know what? Though that's boxing. Even though Vitaly was winning, it was it was past the fourth round, and that cut was bad enough to stop the fight. And Lennox Lewis threw a punch to open up that cut. So he did what he had to do. But like I said, uh, he retired at that point here. And as much as I I'm interested in watching it, it's going to be entertaining. I would rather see Holyfield. And and then of course the Holyfield thing could still happen because that he's going to be on the undercard for Tiafimo Lopez against the last guy who beat Tyson, which is uh Peter McNeely. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be there. When it comes to Lance Lewis, I'm a big fan of him. But when we saw Lance Lewis fight Tyson in 2002, I remember that vividly because I had a hot black box back then. Me and my dad had the illegal bootleg cable. And we had a fight party over, and I never forget Emmanuel Stewart cursing Lance Lewis out to beat the shit out of Mike Tyson. You got a dead man out there. Beat him up before he knocks you the fuck out. Loved it. And so in the mm-hmm. exhibition now, it's just going to be like two guys fighting, but I would see it would be more competitive against Holyfield. I would say, even though it's exhibition, we will see Tyson, you know, be more competitive. Lance is going to toy with him. He knows if he really put the work in, he would do what he did to Tyson like he did 19 years ago. You kind of wish that fight happened a lot sooner. Yeah. A lot sooner when... Not when, 2002. When yeah, I wanted to see them in their primes and stuff. I think Tyson would be... You know, and this is... I say prior to Holyfield, right? Say say if it wasn't Holyfield first, he had fought Lewis. I think he fights Lewis a lot. A lot his style on his terms. And it'd be a lot of Lewis having to punch him away and stuff. So, But you know what, though? Timing happens, though. Because I mean, Lewis happens. wasn't ready for Tyson. At certain, Lewis became Lewis, you know... 
later in the in, by the end of the the, the 1990 2000s and Tyson that got out of jail was a by the time he fought Holyfield in, in 97 with the ear bite situation you know he wasn't the same guy and then Lewis remember in younger in his heavyweight career he wasn't the great heavyweight that he was when he lost to uh um like Rockman in that knockout or McClellan like the first loss you know he was clearly not, it, it took him getting with Emmanuel Stewart to make Lennox Lewis the Hall of Famer and the great heavyweight that he is today you know that transition did he ever fight Riddick Bowe? I'm trying to remember. No, because Riddick Bowe ducked his ass. Yes, you're right. Because if you remember, yep. if you remember, if you guys want to Google and YouTube this here, that uh, Lennox Lewis was the mandatory, I believe, in 92 or 93. And Lennox Lewis took that WBC belt and put it in the garbage can and said that if you're going to make me fight, I'm going to call it the garbage can belt. And then Lennox Lewis said, fine, I'm going to take this garbage can belt and took it. I mean, I've never seen a more clear duck ever in mm. boxing history. When you have a mandatory and you're like, nah, I'm keep these other two belts i'm gonna throw this third belt in the garbage can no bigger duck in boxing history is one thing when we talk and we see like i like talk about manny pacquiao's 80 20 deal mm -hmm. and it's like yo he didn't really want to fight him but he will if you throw a crazy amount of money out somebody you know or adrian Brown asked for 10 million dollars you can't duck no more than just throwing the, the belt in the, in the garbage can and the wbc belt of all the belts yeah. that's a nice looking one so if you want to do your homework read about Riddick Bowe and Lennox Lewis, it's really messed up. Riddick Bowe messed up his legacy with that one. I mean, it would have been a, it's one of those fights that never happened that should have happened. That's on the list of that could have been Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. Like, that's, that's how big that fight was back then. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, and Lennox Lewis, I mean, uh, Stewart was still training him when he fought Vitali, right? Yes. Yes. He had him up to the end of his career. So he got, uh, I, I may be off on the, dates but he got with emmanuel stewart rough right around the first loss so we're talking early 90s and then he had him for the whole career yeah and once he got him in that whole career man i mean the rockman fight was a one one hitter quitter like any in the heavyweight division anybody gonna get clean knocked out and on top of that too he was in africa even dan rafa talks about like throughout that whole fight he wasn't there you yeah. can tell he 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 was hollywood status he was some he you know and then he got to africa and got cold cock ran that rematch back and you saw the real lennox lewis yeah, but Manny Stewart got his hold, got a hold of him, and that was it. But with this Tyson exhibition here, I'm excited. I want to see Tyson. Fight. Sure. I mean, I was, I, I want to see the contracts worked out between him and Triller because that ain't been worked out yet. But uh, I want to see Holy. It, as we close out here, I want to state the fact that I'll be interested, and I'm a fight fan. But at the end of the day, give me Holyfield. Agreed. Uh, Lewis, uh, Lennox Lewis has got more publicity because of the broadcasting he does and stuff like that, though, so I can see where that fight sells and stuff. I do... Will sell heavy. Will but, sell but no, no, Holyfield will sell more, I think. I, I think I think it will... Uh, I, All we got to do is have ESPN just run the flashback of the ear-biting fight, and everybody's all... No, in. not the ear-biting fight, but the first fight. The first fight Both will fights. be enough. First fight should be enough. First fight I know. All enough. you got to do is just show the ear-biting and Holyfield jumping up and pounding his feet and then pointing at his ear. You remember, see you laughing. That's all you need to show is him jumping up and pointing. He's like this. Ah! <laughs> you remember now as I do that. No, it's not that. It's just that you're so short. Your feet are oh. hanging when you do that, though. So it's like, is he? Oh. Oh, no, on that note, we got to click the show out here. Okay, I help it. I'm okay sorry. folks, if you check this out here, there could be Tyson and Lennox. I was just joking earlier that he ain't told me a short, a short joke in like in like three years. So on the short joke, we got to end the show here. Oh, uh, sorry. Wah, I'm sorry. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Okay, real talk though. <laughs> I'm going to say Holyfield again. I'm going to no. say, I, I will, here's the thing, I will watch it. 
if if it does come through now we're just seeing this as it's coming through here but we know that tyson got legal issues with triller because they say they got a contract uh lance lewis could be saying hey i want to see this check too and holyfield wants that bag too because that's the biggest check that both these guys get uh, so i hope it happens because if, it, if it's lewis first that's fine as long as holyfield's in the, in the picture following afterwards that's fine with me as long as it happens both uh, to your point, I think Holyfield would be the, was the one I was more excited for. Yeah. First and stuff. Lewis, I'm happy because I, I've seen more Lennox Lewis these days from a boxing point of view and stuff, but we've seen the fight. You've seen the fight from 2002. You kind of know yeah. what to expect and stuff. Holyfield, the first fight, you didn't know. You still didn't know. I think by the halfway point, even though Holyfield was fighting a good fight, you still didn't know right. just off the first fight. So, yeah. so to me, there was enough intrigue on that first fight. The reason the second fight even happened, unfortunately, the bite happened. Should have been a third fight. But if this is going to happen this route, I, I take the third fight any day. Yeah. I mean, so that's just us nitpicking, being nostalgic of our old heroes. Of course. Yeah. So now we're going to close this. Now show. we can close it up. Yeah, yeah. I just happened to see that here. See, that's the cool thing about the internet and, you know, having your smartphones on you. Stuff breaks and stuff happens. It may not happen, but hey, while we're recording, I'm going to say it. BNP Overtime. Glad you gueah. guys enjoyed your first, uh, yeah. first into that. Yeah, so on that note, we're going to close out here. I don't need to say it again. Like I said, just click like and subscribe and click on the bell notification for Boxing Now Podcast. And also check it out on Apple and Spotify. And we'll be back next week for my man Papo, yep. that dude named Dave. And we are out of here. Good night, everybody. Good night.